0: but first of all i want to start out telling you why this is a great day you know there's there's a movie that they're on their second movie now that just came out called uh god is not dead and then there's another one that just came out god is not dead number two but you know in job chapter 37 and verse 10 there's a very important statement there this morning If you woke up this morning and saw frost. Next slide, Tanya. Yeah. If you woke up this morning and saw frost outside, you don't have to go see a movie that somebody made because by the breath of God, Job 37 and verse 10 says, frost is given. So when you look out there in the mornings and see that, just think that God breathed that frost upon the ground. So that's a beautiful thought as we start a day, that God is alive, and he lets us know every year when this rolls about. Now, if you'd grab your Bibles, if you brought them here with you this morning, open it up to Genesis chapter 1. Well, actually, we'll we'll start off this with chapter 2, and then we'll digress. I'm going to ask you to listen to these four scriptures. Read them with me. And as we look at these four scriptures, I want to see if you have the same question that I had about the first one after we see the next ones. Chapter 2, verse 16 of Genesis says, And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. Now we turn to page 2, Genesis chapter 3 and verse 6 with that thought in mind. And When the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof and did eat. And gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. And the eyes of them both were opened, and they knew that they were naked. And they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. Then, if we drop down to verse 17, it says, And unto Adam he, which is God, said, Because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife, and hast eaten. Of the tree of which I commanded thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat of it. Cursed is the ground for thy sake. In sorrow shalt thou eat of it all the days of thy life. Hmm. Turn over to Genesis 5. Verse 5. And all the days of Adam he lived were 930 years, and he died. Now, wait a minute. I'm going to quote my cartoon friend, Quick Draw McGraw, where he said, hold on a minute, Baba Louie. That kind of dates us, doesn't it? Hold on a minute. I thought God said that in the day thou eatest of the fruit, thou will surely die. Is that not what it said? And then I see that they went ahead and ate the fruit. And then I see that God put a curse on him and said all the days of your life you're going to have trouble eating. And then I see that Adam lived 930 years before he died. I thought in the day that thou eatest thereof thou will surely die. Did God change his mind? Did he make an idle threat hoping that they would not eat of that and then once they did did he say hmm i really didn't mean that so i'm going to reverse the penalty and i'm going to make up a different one god did not lie when he said that because hebrews chapter 6 and verse 18 tells us that out of a couple of immutable things that means unmovable and unshakable it is impossible for god to lie So if you're like me, what happened then? How do we explain this situation? In the day you eat, thou will surely die, but yet he lived 930 years. So let's do what Paul instructed Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 15. He said that we're to rightly divide the word of truth. And the word for rightly dividing, the word is a surgical term. It means to make straight cuts. It means to be precise, surgical, no mistake, to lay organs and tissues and things. It it means to dissect, basically. So let's dissect the word of God and see exactly what happened here then. Why Adam lived longer than he did. Turn your Bibles to Genesis 1. We're going to read verse 26, 27, and 28. Genesis 1. And God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air, over the cattle, and over all of the earth, And every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. And so God created man in his own image. Male and female created he them. And God blessed them. And God said unto them, be fruitful and multiply. Replenish the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over every living thing that moveth upon the face of the earth. And God said, let us make man after our image. This is when it said God said, the word for God is Elohim. That's the plural ending. So this means that in the creation of mankind was all three, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit present as they began to, to make decrees about mankind and about the creation of the earth all of them together they made a decree and they said let us they were all in agreement make man and as we start talking about making man we need uh, a couple of vocabulary words we need to learn about the three terms about making man these same three terms are also applied in making the earth As God created it in Genesis 1 as well. But you have the word to create. Whenever you see create, it's a word bara that means something out of nothing. There was nothing and in a beginning God created the heavens and the earth. That means he spoke them into existence. Out of nothing he spoke and the universe became Whenever it says to make something, let us make man, make is the word asa, and asa means to make something from something. So that portion of it, the creating part of man, is God's breath of life, we will see in a minute, that is put in there. From out of nothing, you became a living soul. But we're going to see in a moment that God also made man, and when he did that, he took the dust of the ground he took the elements of the ground which was already existing and he made man out of something out of the chemical compounds somehow it was transformed into a pliable form like a potter forms clay and then he formed man it will say and that's the word yatsar and yatsar is to be like a woodcarver, like a sculptor Or like a potter as he forms clay. And it means to mold, to form, to shape. So I want you to know that when the scripture says that you are fearfully and wonderfully made, that that is an amazing thing. Because God is going to take dust and he's going to transform it into something. And he's going to get his hands dirty. And he's going to actually form man out of that. And we're going to find out that it is the lord jesus christ who is going to do that so elohim decreed let us make man i saw out of something in our image and that word is for a shadow image it's like god's shadow type it's not like him totally but there is a resemblance to it and after our likeness that word means pattern so there's a pattern in what he's going to put within man and then he continues in verse 27 that he created him in the image of his own in the image of god created there's our word out of nothing so we had made and create right here and male and female created he them and i was debating whether to get into this portion of it or not because this is really like this is surgically precise But if you look in that verse, it says the first part that he created he, him, that's a singular accusative for Adam. And that's the word thou with an O-W ending. And then it says male and female created he, them. Them is the same word as him with one letter different. It's an A, which is thou instead of artho. And what that means is that's a singular accusative with a plural ending. And in other words, God took two and made one. It's like pieces of a puzzle. The way you are designed by the hands of God, male and female, is the way the puzzle is supposed to go together. And this decree of God of joining together is an imperative, which means it's a command. So it's a command that God has set forth from Genesis 1 that it's man and woman and from them twain shall become one flesh and we're going to see that he blesses that union. And he blesses that union in many ways. He said unto them, he said, go forth. And here's the doctrinal impact because it is only man and woman that is being blessed as a union And like pieces of a puzzle, two separate pieces design and go together and form one piece. And he says to be fruitful. That means when you are joined together as one, that you blossom together and you bear fruit. And it's talking about the recreational side of the union of man and woman. God blessed that for our, health for our happiness and for our enjoyment so first off the relationship of man and woman is togetherness for that cause and when you come together as one to become one he says be fruitful then he said to multiply rava that means to become great and numerous and to expand so the second purpose of the combination of man and woman is so that you can propagate the earth children so the home with marriage and the family that occurs from that is blessed ordained and commanded by God as the way that things go then he says to replenish the earth that word is melee melee means to fill up to saturate it doesn't mean to stop at a certain point point. and there are some countries and some folks who say we're going to put a limit on how many children that you can have well that's not from the word of god because here god says fill it up saturate it test me and see the creator of the universe is saying fill it up and he leaves that decision up to you whether to have one child as i did or whether you have 15 children that is your volition to go forth after that but god blessed the union and told you to go forth be fruitful to multiply replenish the earth and then he said to subdue it now this one's going to anger some people out in california if they ever hear this lesson because this word for subdue here means to make an assault upon it means to trample underfoot that is what this word means to make an assault to trample underfoot to use so God when he created this planet and told man to fill it up he said use it for your benefit so that means I have placed beneath the ground gold I know one place where it says that East of the land of Havilah where there is much gold found there. How do you get gold? You mine it. There are those that says, oh, we can't do this sort of thing. God said, make an assault upon the earth. Trample it underfoot and see that if I, the creator, cannot go ahead and sustain it and carry it on. There is no way that man can destroy the earth because God says he's going to do that in the end. So don't be too fearful of things. God knows how to, how to handle things. He's a big God that we serve. I like that song we sung, Our Mighty God, Mighty King. That got me wound up. If, if that didn't, I'd, I'd have to check my pulse to see if I'm alive because that really got me flowing. But God says go out and make an assault upon the earth. If you need to drill for your oil, drill for it. Farmers, If you need to put a plow in the ground and drag it across, make furrows so that you can plant, do it. God's going to tell Adam to go plant from the ground you're going to eat. So God says to do that. And then he said to have dominion over it, to rule and to reign. And that was his commission to us as mankind. Now I want to explain the the Hebrew way of of telling a story. Chapter 1 with man being made what we looked at a minute ago is a broad overview they like to give an overview first and then hit the details just like genesis 1 1 in a beginning god created the heavens and the earth and then we're going to spend 20 some verses explaining what that meant day one we did this day two we did this so you get an overview and then you get the details Now we're almost ready to get the details for our question about man and why he didn't die in the day that he ate of it. But before we do, turn to the next chapter, chapter 2 and verse 7. At the end of chapter 1 on verse 31, God had said, he looked at everything he had created and set forth and it was very good. So that's the way he intended for it to be. But then we get to chapter 2 and in verse 7. It says God formed man of the dust of the ground. So there we see our word Yatsar to form. So out of the ground we were formed. And it says that he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living soul. Wow. Here we're going to have a change of narrative as we go to the next slide we'll see that this is the Lord God all the way up to this point it's only said God God created God did this now we get surgical again says the Lord God so who's the Lord God the Lord God it is Jehovah elohim it singles it out to one person of the godhead is going to do the actual work of the creation of man the new testament points back to this ephesians chapter 3 verse 9 this is jesus christ who is going to form mankind and you say i thought he didn't appear until matthew no he's right here in genesis 1 and 2 and 3 jehovah elohim jesus christ ephesians 3 and verse 9 says to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery which from the beginning of the world has been hid in god who created all things by jesus christ i love colossians chapter 1 and verse 16 for by him jesus christ if you look in your uh, the summary of the flow of what's going on in the narrative there it's talking about jesus paul is And he says, for by him, Jesus Christ, were all things created. He's the one who created all things. And in John 1, chapter 1, verses 1 through 3, it says, in a beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. And then it's going to say that there is not anything that was made That was not made by the Word. And then in verse 14, it will say that the Word became flesh and tabernacled with us. The Word is Jesus Christ. And there is nothing that was created that was not created by Him and for Him. So it's Jesus Christ now who's getting ready to form mankind from the dust of the ground. doesn't want to come apart he's the one who's doing the working of making man and we're going to be touching on a lot of doctrines that go forward and we're already hitting a lot of those now he's going to form man and breathe into his nostrils it says in verse seven of chapter two if you're still there it says that jesus christ breathed into man's nostrils and the breath of life and he became a living soul as i've been talking here this morning i I was looking around and everybody has two nostrils don't check right now (laughs) but everybody has two nostrils the translators was able to capture the plural form of nostrils because it made sense to them they knew they had two nostrils and they put it there but they didn't capture the translation of the plural for life. Because the word for life is Kai. You've seen it in other forms like Chi is the form of it in some of the countries. Kai. Kai is the word for life. But the word that you have in the original language right here is chiim, Which is plural. Just like el is god and elohim is gods like you shall have no other gods before me that is plural elohim here it says that jesus christ formed man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of lives and man became something that he was not before this he became a living soul so you had the body formed from the dust of the ground the organs present everything ready for mankind but it was not until the breath of lives went into the body that man actually became alive and this is important about the breath of lives because Adam was formed from the beginning in what's called a trichotomous being and tri means three so He was body, soul, and spirit. So he had two lives within him, soul and spirit. And he became alive. And this explains all kind of doctrines throughout the Bible as as we go forward in studies of why in the next chapter it's the seed of woman that's going to bruise the serpent's head it'll explain why christ is born of a virgin it explains a lot of doctrines that that you would otherwise have no idea about without knowing the way adam and the way the first man was created for we're told in the new testament that adam was the first adam and that jesus christ was the last adam and that will explain this too as you go forward all of these doctrines couldn't be really understood and taught unless you understand this part. na the breath of life, went into man. It's called the spark of life, and it's that spark that is eternal. The body that was formed from the elements of the ground in physical death is going to go back to the elements of the ground. But the na The breath of lives is going to go back to God, which gave it. Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 7 says, Then shall the dust return to the earth as it was, and the Spirit shall return unto God who gave it. So just as man was created in the opposite form of body, first from dust and then given a spark of life, at death the spark of life leaves and then the body returns back to dust so the first truth is that man was given the breath of lives so now we're going to begin to understand verse 17 if you're still in chapter 2 of genesis let's start out in verse 16 and the lord god commanded the man saying of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. Remember, that was our scripture that caused this conundrum that we're talking about. In the day that thou eatest thereof, thou will surely die. Again, the translators didn't know what to do with, with something that was in the plural. Because the word for surely there is not surely the word for surely there is death in the actual language it reads muth tamuth muth tamuth dying thou will die because man was created with two different types of life a soul and a spirit there is two kinds of deaths so god did not change a punishment because he told him dying you will die spiritually the man and the woman died immediately as he said in the day thou eatest there what happened as soon as they ate of the fruit you remember their eyes were opened they wanted to hide from jesus christ who was walking through the garden every day they had had fellowship with him but now They wanted to run and hide. They wanted to cover themselves with the works of their hands, the fig leaves that they sewed together. Spiritual death was instantaneous. In the day you eat of it dying, thou will die. And then the process of physical death, as the body was changed through the eating of that forbidden fruit, the process of physical death began... And 930 years later, Adam died. So God told the truth, in the day that thou eatest of it, dying, thou will die. And let's drop down to verse 21 of chapter 2. Actually, chapter 3. Starting in verse 17, and unto Adam he said, because thou hast... Hearkened unto the voice of thy wife, and hast eaten of the tree of which I commanded thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat of it, cursed is the ground for thy sake. In sorrow shalt thou eat of it all the days of thy life. It, thorns also and thistles shall it bring forth to thee, and thou shalt eat the herb of the field, and the sweat of thy face shalt thou eat bread, till thou return to the ground. For out of it wast thou taken. For dust thou art, and unto dust shalt thou return. Spiritual death was immediate. Physical death comes when the body returns back to the dust from which it was given. But God, when they were hiding in spiritual death, went to man first. He started calling out to him. He knew where he was. The actual language says, why are you hiding where you are? He knew where they were and that's why they came on out because they knew that he knew. That's grace. God always has grace on those who have wandered from him. You can't hide. God will know where you're at. He's always waiting. He's always calling to you, why are you where you are? why are you going away from me so in grace he did that and then in verse 21 it says unto adam and also unto his wife did the lord god make coats of skins and he clothed them you know what that is that's the first blood sacrifice for sin man had disobeyed god He explained to him the consequences now that was going forth. And those fig leaves were your own works. It was the works of their hands. For by grace are you saved through faith, not of yourselves. You can't save yourself. Get the fig leaves off. God then took an innocent animal who was not a part of the sin... And let that be the atonement for the time being until the Son of God actually comes upon the cross for the final atonement. Because Hebrews tells us that the blood of bulls and goats can in no way atone and do away with sin. It just pushes it forward until Christ came. So there's only one question, folks, in this life that really means anything. One question that has eternal concepts, and that is, what do you think of Jesus Christ? What happens to us as created beings then? Well, we're going to have to have two lives and two deaths as well. Turn, if you would, to Romans chapter 6, because we're going to see that faith, in the lord jesus christ and then being buried with him in baptism is you dying to self and dying to sin and being resurrected as a new person that's that first death it gets done away with and you become alive again you remember jesus told nicodemus you must be born again of the water and of the spirit so here's where your spirit gets uh reignited romans chapter 6 verses 1 through 7 what shall we say then shall we continue in sin that grace may abound god forbid how shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into jesus christ were baptized into his death that's our death That first death. Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up, lost my place there for from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also shall walk in newness of life. If we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this then, that our old man of sin, there's that spiritual death that we're talking about that was with Adam, is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, and that henceforth we would not serve sin, for he that is dead is freed from sin. Believing in Christ, being buried with him in baptism, is dying to self in this life so that you might be raised with him in newness of life and there is a promise about this in revelation 20 if you want to turn there real quickly as we begin to land this plane and rick if you and the guys want to start making your way up revelation 20 and verse six is a passage for the believer who has done what romans six said and it says Blessed and holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection. That's the resurrection that we just talked about when you're buried and resurrected out of the water. And it's also, that was a figure for the actual first resurrection then for when Christ comes back for us. Blessed and holy is he that has part in the first resurrection on such, now get this, the second death hath no power but they shall be priests of god and of christ you hear that the second death remember we talked about there was two deaths because there was two lives there's a spiritual and a physical death those who are believers in christ it says the second death will have no part of you because you already died to self in this life for those who choose not to accept jesus christ as their atonement he continues in verse 11 of revelation chapter 20 and this was um, in red in my bible and i saw a great white throne him that sat upon it from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away and there was found no place for them and i saw the dead small and great stand before god the books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of the things which were written in the books according to their works. The sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. And they were judged every man according to the works. Death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is their second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life, was cast into the lake of fire folks this is serious business there's two deaths you either die in this life or you face a second death in the next life we always talk about those who are kicking the tires around a little bit i pray that you see the seriousness of it it's time to quit kicking the tires it's time to make that decision I don't want to see anybody face that second death. That's why we do what we do. That's why we proclaim the message of Jesus Christ every week. For those of us who have made that decision, sometimes we face struggles and trials in this life. We have weak points. Confess your faults and he's faithful and just to forgive you and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. If you need prayers, though, of strength to help you, that is also available for you at this time as we begin to pray and then sing this song of encouragement. Father, your word tells us in Isaiah 43 that Jesus Christ created us, gave us that breath of life for his glory and for his purpose. God does not wish to see anyone lost. It says he is long-suffering, not willing that any would be lost, but that all should come to repentance. Father, we pray at this time that those who have been car shopping and kicking tires would make that wonderful confession for you and then want to be buried with you in death to this life and raised anew to a spiritual life. And Father, we pray that everything that we've studied today, the facts of, that we studied here that man was created with two lives he faced two deaths a spiritual death and a physical death and we also do that father so be with us and help us to understand and help us to trust you in these things that aren't easily understood in jesus name we pray amen